3: Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you for hanging out on this episode. If you're new to the podcast, welcome in. We appreciate you. And if you're like, "Wait, what's going on?" So look, I've been a White Sox fan for a really long time. It's been part of my identity, for sure. I am dismayed by the direction that the White Sox are taking as an organization. And there were a lot of things that went into my decision-making, but the last straw was what happened with Jason Benetti. I need a break from them. And and I'm going to take one. I'll come back when there's new ownership if they're still in Chicago. But I, I'm looking for a new team. So I figure what I would do is I would talk to my friends. I put together a list, an initial list. I started eliminating teams immediately. I'm not gonna be a Yankees fan. I'm not gonna be a Red Sox fan. I'm not gonna root for any of the teams in the American League Central. That seems like all kinds of wrong. To me, can you imagine me as a Twins fan? Like, come on, man. That's not happening. But there are teams who are still in the race. So I figured instead of just walking into something blindly, I'm going to check it out. And I'm going to see if there are other places where it could be a fit for me. So we're down to like the finalists now. So I'm talking to people in those fan bases, and to find out whether I make sense to root for those teams. This episode is with my good friend, Laura Britt. Laura Britt, along with Michael Kim and I, we used to host a show at 120 Sports, which eventually became Stadium. We did a morning show together. It was a really great experience for me. Kimmer is just a consummate professional. One of my favorite, favorite people that I've ever worked with. Same thing with LB. Like, we just made, I think, an incredible team. And our backgrounds were so different that we were always, like, learning from each other. And that's the type of environment that I like to be in. She's just one of the coolest people I know. And she happens to host the pre- and post-game for the Giants. She's been covering the Giants as she's lived out there in the Bay Area for the last, what, six, seven years since we were doing the show together. So I said, who else but her should I turn to to try and make the case for the Giants? So you're going to get to hear LB make the case. Editor's note. LB and I had this conversation before Matt Chapman was signed. Think about that. And her case is convincing. And if you're a White Sox fan that's dismayed and you're looking for a new new place to to new cap to wear, maybe she will convince you that the Giants are your team. This is my conversation about maybe being a Giants fan with Laura Britt.
4: Yes, I miss you so much. It's so good to catch up.
3: I feel the same way. So look, this is what I'm doing. the The White Sox have pissed me off so bad yeah. that I mm-hmm. that I've decided that I'm I'm moving on for a while. Um, I need to find another team to root for. So I have I have eliminated about two thirds of the league for all sorts of reasons. Like I'm not going to cheer for another team in the American League Central, for example. Like that's out. But I, I have, I've noticed that I keep drifting towards the National League West. Uh, of, my, uh, of my finalists, three of them are in the National League
4: West. uh uh-huh. I see how that could happen.
3: And, and the Giants are one of those teams. That, that franchise feels like it might be a fit for me. You've been out there. You know all about the White Sox stuff too, Laura Britt. So you tell me, why would the Giants be a good fit?
4: Well, I'm interested to hear if your other two finalists are in the NLS, are the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks.
3: That is correct.
4: So, understandably so. And I get the Dodgers, you might think, oh, that's an easy choice. They spend a lot of money. You get flashy names. You're going to have Shohei Otani playing for your organization for the next 50 years. And he's going to be really good. Fun, right? Fun, exciting. Yeah, but if you're a Dodger fan, does that make you feel good about yourself? No. That doesn't make you feel good about yourself. That's jumping on a bandwagon for a team that's just going out and spending, I mean, at this point, billions of dollars. Okay? Just between Yamamoto and Otani, they've spent over a billion. So, let's just, first off, may I just offer you this? Okay. Okay. If you do a ballpark visit, I think you would be sold on the Giants. It's one of the greatest ballparks in the country. There's no doubt about that. You can't deny that. Go to PNC's up there. What are some other ones that are up there? Well, you know, Um, it's, it's funny
3: that you say that because I have not been out there yet. And PNC is my number one. And, and, and most people are like, well, if you haven't been to San Francisco, then you can't put a list together because it should be your you number one.
4: It's pretty – I will say, you know, covering this team for season after season, you go there and you're standing there and you're like, this is kind of fake. Like, is this a green screen here? <laughs> somebody pull up the green screen? So I will say that there's an atmosphere to baseball. Everybody knows that. We're going to talk about the play on the field in just a minute. But you got to set the scene. And the atmosphere in baseball is very critical. You know that being in Chicago. Wrigley Field is is a classic All-American ballpark. But it's a totally different feel on the West Coast. And out of the West Coast teams, there's no doubt the Giants. Oracle Park is the best park. There's, that, that's checked off the list. Food, I know you like to eat. I yep. like to eat. Great food at the ballpark. That's very important, too. Now, let me offer you the opposite of what the Dodgers are doing the Giants have been growing some talent within the organization over the past few years and all of those players are starting to come up to the big leagues. the last season the Giants had or were one of the top teams as far as debuts last season for some of their rookies so the pitching core that is coming up is highly touted and you'll probably get the chance to see Kyle Harrison who's the most highly touted out of that young crew um, early this season because they're waiting on some of their injured pitchers, Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray, to come back to be a part of that rotation. Patrick Bailey, the catcher for the Giants, is one of the most foundational pieces that that I I think should draw you into pulling for this organization. The Giants were looking for a follow-up for Buster Posey, and that's a high bar. Poor everybody else who has to come behind him. (laughs) But Patrick Bailey, granted, he has not played a full season. He played the majority of last season. This will be, 2024 will be his first season. And getting to know him and hearing how pitchers, experienced veteran pitchers, put their careers on the line when they decide, hey, I'm not going to call this game. I'm going to let this rookie call the game for me. Wow, That's the kind of player that Patrick Bailey is. He, is, he earned the trust of the pitching staff within a month. He is a core piece of what the Giants are building on. When I sat down with President of Baseball Operations Farhan Zaidi at winter meetings, you know, when everybody thought after the Shohei Otani domino fell, which was not at winter meetings as we all know, we had to wait way too long. Anyway, when I was talking to Farhan about, hey, you know, is there a Giants player that is not on the table to be traded? That's obviously a question that they're like, try and dodge. I don't know. Like, I'm hesitant to say anybody, but Patrick Bailey, the one player he mentioned by name. So there's that. You have this foundational piece. And then I think you start to look at jung Hu Lee, who the Giants brought in this offseason, who's now going to be their leadoff hitter. He came over from the KBO and he has all of the makings of another foundational piece. So the Giants are really starting to get these foundational pieces I don't think this year is going to be their year and maybe it's going to be you know 2025 where you really start to see it all come together we've we've heard about this with the Diamondbacks for the past few years right oh they've got this young core this young core and you kind of wait a while to see it come to fruition and last season we saw that with them I think the Giants are on the cusp of that they definitely have some other pieces that they have to add but what's going to let you lay your head on your pillow at night and go I feel good about myself is it going to be saying, being a Dodger fan? No. You know the answer to that, No, But I think if you say that and you, you're saying your prayers at night and you're like, thanks, God, for the Giants, I think, I think you've got a good, you could feel really good about that.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
2: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: All right, so look, you have made an excellent case. There's a couple of things I want to go back to. But I want to want to talk about this because you do understand what it means to be a White Sox fan, that there's this level of self-loathing and... Yeah, there's a tortured existence. It is a tortured existence. Here's my question about the Giants, because I do think that they're... I don't think it's a tortured... Like, this is a, a franchise that has won multiple World Series in the last 15 years. So we're we're talking about a franchise that, that gets it, that wants to win. Give me an idea of what a Giants fan is like, and do you think that I might be able to fit into that mold?
4: Hmm, that's a good question. You could definitely fit in the mold. The Bay Area in general is very chill, but I will say the sports fans, which the Bay Area has a lot of great teams, but the Warriors, the Niners, the Giants, the Kings have recently come onto the scene there are a lot of great teams to pull for and sports are very important in the bay area that is um, a key factor in your life as well but i will say it over the past few years as you know gabe kapler was a manager for the giants over the past few years and think that didn't go very well and i think with over the past few years up until recently the giants haven't spent as much money as the fan base would like so they've had a little bit of a tortured existence over the past few years. Okay. It's not fair to say that because they have won multiple World Series over the past 10 years. Um, but they, they got fed up. But the organization at its root, now you have Buster Posey as a part of the ownership group, as you know. Um, Bob Melvin is now the manager. He He's come in this year. And I think they're getting back to the root, even at spring training, in talking with, Just people within the organization. It's starting to feel more like the eye test is back. Okay. It's not all computers and iPads. It's not all, and not saying that that's all it was before, but I think it was a lot heavier. I don't think, I know. It was a lot heavier in that direction over the past few seasons. Now you're getting some people back that know the eye test and can say, no, we're not going to pull a guy in the seventh inning when he's, you know, throwing a no-hitter. We're not going to do that. So now you start to see some of that come back, where I think that tortured existence this upcoming season will start to flip. Okay. So I understand that you don't. You might want to ditch and run to a a Dodgers <laughs> or even now. I don't know. I don't think the Ranger. You just get, the Astros. I don't know. No, the a, the, the
3: Astros are out. Like I just I can't. The Rangers Can't are in that. though. The Rangers are in. But Rangers,
4: the, I, that's a that's a hard one to steer you away from cuz cuz Bochi's leading the ship down there.
3: Yeah, and that's who should have been managing the White Sox. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but 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 the Diamondbacks, you know, I'm very fond of Arizona. I spend a lot of time there, so that's kind of easy. Um, the the Dodgers, the, my guy Stephen Nelson, who does play-by-play for for the Dodgers and is, and grew up a White Sox fan, he made the case for the Dodgers. And and he 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 was like, look,
4: we're the Dodgers. <laughs> like, come on, like that's see, that's the case. That's the problem with the case. Give me something else. Give people something else, okay? Give them something else. Yeah, you have you have a lot of really good players. Give them something else. What else is there?
3: <laughs> well, well, let me. You said something about the food, so I want to go back to the food because you and I both, you know, we we love good ballpark food. So, what's, like, your favorite thing to get at a Giants game?
4: So, this is kind of a problem because I think I know what the fan base would say, and I actually haven't tried it yet.
3: (laughs) Well, you're usually working, so... I'm
4: working, right. And so, that's... It's hard because we also do our shows from the studio. So, I, like, run down to the ballpark before the game to do all of my pregame stuff, uh, go to Clubhouse Availability, talk to the manager, and then I literally, I'm running. You'll see me on game days. (laughs) uh, Our fans on the street can attest. And then I run back to our studio (laughs) to host the show. So I don't get to eat food there that often. I'm only, like, actually there for a game, maybe, like, 10 games a year in the park. But the crab sandwich is what everybody raves about. Okay. they love it. That's, like, crab sandwich and garlic fries are what Oracle Park's known for. They did recently um, come up with crab fries What? and they brought them the year that they uh, did this. I think it was, it might've been last, last season. Um, they brought them to us on our set on opening day and it was, they were amazing. So you got to get the hot crab fries. I think earned a win, oh, huge win. That, uh... And that goes, see, that goes into the feel like what you want to dodge your dog or you want crab fries. I definitely want crab fries now. Yeah. See? I mean, sure. You can get Shohei Otani and a Dodger dog, or you can get crab fries and the entire Giants team. Does Shohei Otani make up for the Dodger dog? I don't know.
3: I'm I don't so, know that he does. I'm so glad that I called you. Like, I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad that I called you to make the case for the Giants because, you know, like the, – the, the thing about this is that not that look, it Oakland and San Francisco kind of have a similar thing as North Side and South Side, but San Francisco LA has also got a little bit of that too. And and I can hear it in your voice. Like I can hear like the White Sox fan of you looking at the Dodgers and being like, Yeah, they're cool and everything. But really, this is where the real baseball people are at. That's right.
4: That's right. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. You gotta go. And also, side note, there was a big culture shift within the clubhouse over this past year. They got rid of some players that were really bringing ah, I don't want to put it on any one person. There There was just some cultural issues within the clubhouse last season. And now, Logan Webb, the Giants ace, is leading the way. He is you think of really great faces of your organization. He is that guy. He's who you want as your leader. He's such a just a level headed, great dude. It's funny because anytime we do, you know, pieces with him for TV, we're like, all right, so when are you going to start being mean to us? Because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of those guys after they get paid. It's just the nature of they've got a lot of uh, responsibilities on their plate. He's like, it's not happening. It's not happening. And it's so true. So I think also that's a big factor and this year is the year to get on with the Giants. Because if you start coming on after they're good, then it's just not, you know, that just doesn't look good for you.
3: All right. This, is, this was extremely helpful. Um, LB, you know how I feel about you. You are just the best. And I look forward to a future where all of us are back. Like, I look around and I see all of our people. And I'm like, man, there was a point where there was a network that had. Me oh, man,
4: we and had it going,
3: and D- Dave Ross, and T. Shram, and Sh- Shay, and jo- like I look, I look at them like, man, all of our people are out here doing great, and we were all in one place at one time.
4: Yep, it was a magical, <sighs> magical little time. I miss you so much. I miss thanks you for, too. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while. I
3: know, I know. I was hoping to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, they didn't send me to the Super Bowl this year, but hopefully the next time, and I imagine San Francisco will probably be there again, and and maybe I'll get to go. You know what was crazy? We were, we were going to try and do a, a, a look live, you and I, from the Super Bowl, and yep. our digero was falling apart. I heard that other people's were, too. Like, the, the Wi-Fi wasn't great, apparently, in Vegas, and... We did the interview with Meryl Hodge that got all the traction about Caleb Williams and everything. And, Uh And so I was supposed to do it, but we couldn't because we couldn't hold the signal. So I'm looking, and our guy Josh Schrock did the interview. And while he's doing the interview, I go, hey, hey. I was like, that's Laura Britt right there. She's yeah. right behind him. And it was exactly what you were talking about before where you were you were like, okay, I'm done with this. Now I got to go do this. I think you would just talk to Brandon Marshall or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there she goes.
4: <laughs> like, she- we did. I did 50 to 70 interviews. I don't know, so many interviews. <laughs> it was great. But you know how Radio Row is. It's, You're just running
3: around. It's wild. Well, LB, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. And thanks for making the case for the Giants.
4: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And just remember, what do you want to think about yourself when you lay down to go to sleep at night? Do I do I want to be
3: a bandwagon jumper, or do I want to jump on with a team that's getting ready to rise up? There you go. That is Laura Britt. And you talk about, you know – I just want to say this, like I said, I did an episode with Laura at the Super Bowl four years ago, which is really, really crazy to to think about. uh, Right before everything broke bad with COVID, and as I said in the open, LB and I worked together, like we were partners, we were on air partners. So I have so much affection for her. Like it, working with her gave me a real. Look into the world of how different the industry is for men versus women and we used to do a morning show so you know we have our meeting of like 5 30 or whatever get on the air at 7 and, and i was at the time i was doing the nighttime show at the score so i was getting home at i was getting home 10 15 like trying to go to sleep as soon as possible waking up and waiting as long as I could to get into there. I'm literally like walking in that place at like 5.20 for a 5.30 meeting. And one of the mornings when I got in earlier, it was way early. I think we had something going on where our meeting was a little earlier than usual. And I think I got in there like 3.30, 3.45. And LB is like sitting in the makeup room with our good friend Alyssa, Alyssa Lagos, who's an incredible Makeup artist. And I'm like, this is what you do every day? She's like, yeah. What would what, what, you think? You think it just happens? So between hair and makeup, like, it takes a while to get all this going. And so I really, really, she opened my eyes to what it is like for women in, in the industry. And she's just one of my favorite people. And what else is cool about her is... My friendship with her, I think, is so important because it's one of those things where you're from different places. Like, LB, she would probably bristle if I said this, but LB is like like a debutante in Birmingham. You know, captain of the cheerleading squad, has her own horse, like all that stuff. And to think that her and I became as close to friends and partners on air as we did I really love that. Like, she's just a great person. Like, wonderful person. And it and I will say that it a benefit of me becoming a Giants fan is that I would get to hang out with her as the pre and post game host on NBC's Sports Bay Area and see my friend continue to succeed. That alone might maybe the Giants got the lead in this now. I don't know. We'll see. We'll keep looking. But a big thanks to Laura Britt. We appreciate her here over at House of L. You should follow her, too. If you're not following LB, Like she puts out great, great content. Laura underscore Britt, B-R-I-T-T underscore. That's how you can follow her on Twitter. She's fantastic. Thanks for listening. I hope you got something out of it. If you're a White Sox fan that's also looking for a new team, maybe this is the team for you. We'll keep looking. I'll talk to you next time.